Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel one by one. We will be free of spoilers of future episodes, but you know we're talking about previous episodes, especially this week. I'm Jason, and something tells me I'm going to have to be the one to pay for that broken window. Yes, and I'm Harrison, and uh, like the lamb in the blackberry patch, I like to run and catch. catch. (laughs) Jason, what episode did we watch today? Harrison, we are watching Angel Season 2, Episode 10, Reunion. This is the one where Drusilla has turned Darla into a vampire and they are unleashed. Mm -hmm. And if that was the only thing that happened in this episode, it would be great, but it ain't. (laughs) The only thing that happened in this episode. It is great. It is great. (laughs) It's it's more than great. (laughs) Reunion was written by Tim Minear and Sean Ryan and was directed by James A. Cotner. It originally aired on December 19th, 2000. This is our last episode of the 2000s. Man. Or of the year 2000. What a way to go out, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, fuck off, Riley, and uh, potentially a lot of Wolfram and Bye-bye, lawyers. <laughs> Intro music. Well, Jason. Yeah. What are we drinking today? We are drinking some red wine. Yes. Uh, which seemed apropos, uh, given how uh, this episode ends with a tasting. Yes. Uh, and it's not just because John isn't here to make drinks for us. I mean, it, this is a good wine episode. And yeah. honestly, you know, I like drinking wine. Me too. So, I mean, yeah, it would get a little stale if the only thing we had in Booze and Buffy was wine. Um but, like, if we had it more often, as we did a while back, then I wouldn't hate it. Yeah. Uh, and we're drinking out of my nice glasses. Yeah. Um, it's felt like a nice glass episode. It, it, I agree. I, I was actually going to bring that up. And I'm like, yeah, you know, this is a good, this is a nice glass episode. <laughs> so we do a toast. We shall. Um, so for those of you who uh, have been listening to the podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago I was advertising my show uh, that I was in Guys and Dolls and uh, it was a very fun experience um, I don't know if anybody <laughs> was able to make it because nobody came up and was like you're that dude from Booze and Buffy <laughs> uh, but no it was a excuse it, me that's what I did <laughs> <laughs> no it wasn't <laughs> uh, but you did come and that was appreciated uh, but yeah, it was a very fun experience. Um, I am taking a step back from acting for a while, but I did want to give a special shout out, especially after hanging out with the cast uh, the a couple days before we record this. Um, just an amazing group of people, uh, not only talented but also just you know just good people. And uh, believe it or not, sometimes a theater community can get a little toxic. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's almost none of that in this company. So um, to the cast and crew of Mind's Eye Theater's production of Guys and Dolls, y'all are fantastic and I love you. Cheers. Ah, the irony of uh, 
of a, an alcoholic toast about guys and dolls. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there isn't um, there isn't a, a apart from a, apart from the trip to Havana, there really isn't too much drinking. Yeah. So just a lot of condemnation of it. Yes. Um. All right. Um. I say, do we, we have, I guess we don't really have any housekeeping to take care of off the top, so I guess we can just dive right into things. Yeah, because we are picking up almost exactly where we left off. Um, Gun is bringing uh, Angel, who, uh, remember, got the shit tased out of him at the end of the last episode. And uh, he brought him back to the hotel. Um, as Cordelia and Wes have been doing all season, they are very worried about him. Um, and uh, Angel's getting a little... He sounds a little hysterical. Mm-hmm. Um, all he's saying is, no, she could have stopped it. Um, and uh, he eventually does get out that uh, Darla's dead and that she was forced to drink and it was Drusilla who did it. And everybody goes on high alert except for Gunn who doesn't yeah. know who Drusilla, was. <laughs> Drusilla is. Oh my gosh. I... Angel Investigations needs to hire me to uh, to to redesign their new uh, their their new staff onboarding. Um, <laughs> he, he, the new staff members really need to know who Darla is, who Drusilla is. You know uh, these key players who might mm-hmm. pop up. Um, he is trying to. Uh, he basically. So we also set up. We also explicitly set up how becoming a vampire works in the buffy verse um you uh drink the blood a human drinks the blood of a vampire then dies and then has to be buried well they don't Um, have to be they have to be near soil yeah there's like um and uh but drusilla wants it to be very ritualistic because she's an oldie (laughs) and um and then any time during the night after you die, you will rise. Mm-hmm. And uh, once you... And when Darla rose, she she was pretty, like, strong already. Yeah. Uh, but you really do kind of get that full restoration into, like, full vampire mode when you drink. So it's actually when you drink, like, your first blood. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rambo first blood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that... Um, it's actually like a lot more similar to Vampire Diaries than I remembered. Yeah. Um, and it's well, it's interesting because we usually we just see if we see newly risen vampires. I we mean, don't see when they become vampires. Yeah. We just see them coming out of the grave, and Buffy's like hanging out in the cemetery, right. ready to stake them. Yeah, and they're usually pretty like I'm already a vampire. I am, but they're extras. So, um, <laughs> and I think it's interesting because Darla is very disoriented in a way that I don't think we've ever seen a new vampire be. Um, but I wonder if that has more to do with the fact that she's been a vampire before yeah. and was reborn as human. Which also makes That's me really think... fucking she, up her head. Yeah, which also makes me kind of think, like, why she was so strong from the get-go. Because mm-hmm. um, we hit one of the... one of the most action-packed scenes of the series so far. Yeah. Uh, but we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Um... Wes and Cordelia are basically trying to figure out anything that they can um, connected to Wolfram and Hart. Um, Angel wants to just 
stake Darla. Like he can't. He knows he can't save her, but he he can't save her life. Mm-hmm. But he does want to save her from being a vampire, because remember, I had like a tender moment at the at the end of the last episode before Wolfram and Hart fucked it up. Uh, so they're like, well, where are you going to go? Like they could be anywhere. And Angel says, I'm going to start with Lindsay's apartment. Um, I'm just going to kick the fucking door in. It's very interesting. um, Because they're like, we'll come with you. And he's like, the fuck you are. Um, And they're like, okay, Mr. Needs an invite. How are you going to get in? And this is where we learned that he never shared with them uh, that he got an invitation to Lindsay's apartment in the previous episode so clear i mean we, i think we already know that communication on the team has not been great yeah um but this really underlines that which is really important for how the episode ends yes i it, um i remember initially thinking like um the end of episode the end of this episode is a bit of a gut punch um and it still is but everything has been building up mm-hmm. to it uh which Yet another reason why this part of season two has just been fantastic. Um, And uh, we see that... um, We see where uh, Darla's corpse is set up. And uh, and Lindsay... Lindsay, Holland, and Lila are there. Yeah. Um, And uh, Lila seems like more there just for kind of window window dressing and for like calling Lindsay out on <laughs> stuff I and the dead girl do. Right. Um, Holland is uh, very pleased with how things have gone and uh, he wants to know if there's anything else that he can do for Drusilla and uh, Drusilla's like no I have to I have to make sure to welcome my baby into the world don't worry grandmother everything will be fine <laughs> And Lindsay's like, can she hear you? She's dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, duh, Lindsay, you what's the matter with absolute you? Absolute dipshit. Um, <laughs> no, but this is like, this is why we love Drusilla. Mm-hmm. This, I mean, this is why Julie Landau is always incredible in every episode that she's in. Also, um, I know like the traditional Drusilla is the um, kind of older style dress mm-hmm. with the with the long like curled hair. I love this modern. Drusilla with the straight hair. Mm-hmm. I think it looks fantastic. Yeah, it's red dress, and she's got tights and combat and, boots. Yeah, and, and it's like... I love it. And while the definitive Drusilla story is Buffy season two, I'm honestly, like, really tempted to say that this comes close. It's really good. Yeah. Well, it's it's a different kind of story. It's because a, yeah. She has a much more physically active role mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, and she's, um, I actually think it's funny that, yeah, in, um, her style here actually does seem to be a little Spike-inspired. Yeah. A little more punky, um, than, like, what we saw her wearing in season two of Buffy. And, um, I also really like the way we got to see how she played off of Spike when they were first introduced. And then in the latter half of the season, she got, we got to see how she played off with and jealous and here it's all of her and darla and i actually think i like this dynamic between the two of them the most 
because Darla or Drusilla feels like she gets to be a more active participant. Mm-hmm. And she yeah. I, I, both I, no both um, Spike and Angelus treated uh, Drusilla very like like she was fragile. Yeah, and um, I mean. Girl's a little nuts, but <laughs> and she, she was she, fragile yes. during at the beginning of season two of mm-hmm. Buffy. But yeah, they treated her like their girlfriend, and Darla treats her like her girlfriend. Hell yeah! <laughs> um, I mean, you remember what I said during the episode? <laughs> <laughs> they should. <Yes. laughs> and I'm aware that that's what the guy who got killed said, and he deserved it for saying it. But well, I'm saying they should kiss in a respectful yes, way. Yes, he said it in a dickish way. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we're obviously not fans of murder, but when we're talking about like asshole fictional truck drivers, then yeah, like I don't care if that guy ate it or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, um, Drusilla says that she needs to prepare, and uh, Holland is like, all right, let's all get out of here. Uh, this is a family matter. Even though Lindsay's trying to like hang hang around and um, twerk, y- no, yeah, <laughs> I have to say, um, so many great character moments for so many characters. Lindsay is probably the most intriguing because he goes from he obviously has feelings for Darla, mm-hmm. and now like he knows what she's going to become, and his very interesting dialogue with her at the end of the episode that we'll get to, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, like. Just uh, just kind of like keep that note in your head. Angela, as promised, kicks down the door <laughs> to uh, to Lindsay's apartment, which of course, absolutely spotless, uh, no furniture or anything. Um, luckily, the landlady shows up. And she's like, um, "Open houses tomorrow." <laughs> right? I mean, what do you what do you say to a guy who just kicked down the door to the apartment? I mean, personally, I probably would not approach. Yeah, it was more like a call the cops. This dude's trespassing. <laughs> yeah, uh, but um, she does, and she, she's actually fairly accommodating to him right. because uh, he's asking questions, and uh, he's like, "Oh, there's a medical emergency," and she's like, "Oh, well, uh, that must be about the uh, the cousin." The, very strange British cousin who's been talking about a baby. It's like, what? Yeah. And she was like, I knew that pregnancy was in trouble the moment I heard about it. And I'm like, in your expert medical opinion <laughs> as the landlord? Okay. But she, uh, I don't know. Maybe Drusilla was like, I'm pregnant with my grandmother. But she does say that she talked about getting a nursery set up so that the baby could see the stars and um angel does kind of like try to take this to heart goes back yeah to the hotel Do you think the um the way the uh landlord phrases it she says you know like she's foreign and i told her you can live in la never your whole life and never see any stars do you think this landlord meant like celebrities um, I didn't think about that. I always a, thought it just like literally meant the stars. That's what I always took it as. It's like the landlord thought she meant seeing the stars, like seeing celebrities because it's LA. But Angel is like, no, no, no. I know that Drusilla loves stars. She loves naming them. She loves giving them all the same name. Yeah. So that there is <laughs> terrible confusion. <laughs> Especially during the daytime. Mm-hmm. Um, Angel takes that info back to the office and he, um, 
and they're trying to figure out like what it means. I like how Wesley points out like Angel, there's one flaw in your reasoning. You're trying to logis like logically figure out somebody who doesn't exactly use logic a lot. Um, but then of course, who comes to save the day? But Mister Level, Mister Levelhead himself, Gun. Yeah. Um, he's like, well, you know, soil, like um, because Wes does say that uh, because at first. Angel thinks, like, let's go through cemeteries that have views of the stars. And <laughs> Cordelia ever so helpfully chimes in, oh, so just outside cemeteries. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and that's when Wes says, like, oh, there just needs to be some kind of dirt. Um, which, I mean, yeah, like you said before, they don't necessarily need to be buried. Uh, even though, I mean, Darla does get buried. Yeah. Uh, but um, she... Uh, and that's obviously, I feel that that is a, um, an allusion to Dracula. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, the, that imagery of her, like, when he, like, uncovers her face and mm -hmm. just, like, see and the like, light. And, and yeah, and it's like Dracula. you, like, Dracula in like, Dracula can't rest unless it's in, like, his native soil or something like that. Yeah, like, that's, um... And, and then that's not specifically Dracula. That is just part of vampire right. lore. Generally, is that yeah they have to have um, the soil of their homeland mm -hmm. like in their coffin with them to rest. And I do, you do find that that is much less common in more modern stuff. Like, that's not really been a thing on Buffy, except for with Dracula. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's not, like, it's not a thing in Vampire Diaries It's probably either. not a thing in Vampire Diaries. Um, it's not, like, a thing on The Lost Boys, for instance, when you're in your more modern vampires. The only, like, modern vampire lore I've seen that come up in is um, what we do in The Shadows. But... That's that a parody. Is a parody of very, very traditional vampire yeah. stereotypes living in the modern world. So, like you know, um, I will say this: my uh, my initial exposure to Taika Waititi was just Thor Ragnarok, mm -hmm. which I have problems with that, and I don't really like it that much. We could spend a whole episode talking <laughs> about my problems with uh, Thor Ragnarok, but. Um, when I saw what we do in the shadows, I was like, this is brilliant. This is hilarious and brilliant. So I really enjoy Taika Waititi, not in the MCU. Mm -hmm. um, he's really funny. Uh, and um, they, he further solidified that with Jojo Rabbit. Uh, Oof, that was a rough movie. It's really good, but like... I can see... I'm guessing John did was a little like... No, he likes no. that one. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I I don't know. It just feels like um, he would have had the same reaction that he had when we were watching Death of Stalin. Um, no, he didn't. Um, I, and I, you know, I'm not going to speak for him. I don't mm -hmm. know what precisely the difference was. I, I can understand like things about that movie being uh, things about Death of Stalin and Jojo Rabbit yeah. being uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it was very, very specific content in Death of Stalin that upset him. Um, and and he did, we, he, he and I talked about it later. He he was saying, like, I would like to maybe watch that or try watching that again, maybe in a different 
headspace. Because I think that I think that too was yeah. It's amazing, just like how a movie can be different if you reframe it in your mind. Yeah. Um, I've had that happen a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, we watched Jojo Rabbit on my birthday, and the other movies I watched that day were um, The Dark Knight Rises. Interesting choice. Um, uh, the Return of the King extended. Um, and I had earlier... Oh, yeah, no, no. Like, I, I had watched the others. Yeah, like, it's just strange like, that, like, you ended up on, like, threes. So Well, yeah. Um, Cruel Intentions. And then Jojo Rabbit. What a day. What a, it, I, it was great, like... Because I I did I started this thing when although I that was, being said after having done like Dark Knight Rises and Return of the King, Cruel Intentions might be the perfect thing to watch it because great. it's like I'm not taking this shit seriously at so all. Fun. So fun. <laughs> what I I started doing this thing like towards the beginning of the pandemic where I was like oh, I'm struggling to think of like what movie to watch. I I made a, a list of either movies I like wanted to watch. Or oh, this is when you like put them into like a random number generator. Yeah, right? yeah, um, and that's just how that happened. I oh, the the random number generator tells me to watch The Dark Knight Rises. It's telling me to watch Return of the King, and then Jojo Rabbit. We just happen to have gotten from Netflix. I think if I were to do that, um, this will be the last thing before we get back to the yeah. episode. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, okay. uh, I think if I were to do that, um, my priority would be I'd make. I'd make it, like, uh, the database that it's drawing from, I'd make it all movies that I haven't seen. Because, you know, we all have those giant watch lists on our streaming services. If you don't, you're a liar. (laughs) Or I don't want to know you. (laughs) Uh, But, um, and, like, sometimes you're like, oh, I really need to, like, watch a movie that I haven't seen before, but I don't know if I'm in the mood for it. I mean, if you're, like, completely at the mercy of the random number generator, like, oh, well, looks like we're doing that. Um, and if I was putting in movies that I had seen before and just wanted to like work them in, I probably wouldn't put any movie series in there. Cause I'm, I'm very much the kind of person that like, if I'm going to watch a series of movies, it's going to be one right after the other. Yeah. Specifically with Lord of the Rings. Um, I always watch them with, with like the, with the recent exception of, uh, my sister-in-law watching them for the first time. I wouldn't like subject anybody like their first time doing it all in one day. <laughs> if you do, you're a trooper. Uh, but no, like I am perfectly fine with. I always watch them all in one go. My list is a mix of things I haven't seen, a mix of th- and things I have, and I also have like all the streaming services I have. Mm-hmm. And so like, oh, it hit on Netflix. So then I just go on Netflix and like, uh, find something to watch. So and sometimes if I hit it and I'm like. Yeah, I'm not in the mood for that. I'll, I'll redo. I'm allowed yeah. to redo. It's my list. <laughs> no, yeah. Hey, man, do, do what you um, want. Um, so uh, they they do realize that, oh, nursery isn't necessarily a, you know, human nursery. It could be a tree nursery. Yeah. Um, so they go to a greenhouse. Well, I say they. Angel does. Mm-hmm. He um, he does not want uh, anybody near them. Uh He's like, this is this is my thing. Um, yet again, a little bit of a warning sign. Uh, but yes, although in this case, I will say, based on the fight we get, yeah, no, probably like, he probably right. saved their lives. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and uh, let's get to this scene because 
Um, Angel walks in, and uh, he sees the box of dirt. He moves it aside and sees like Drusilla, or excuse me, Darla's been covered, and um, he takes out a stake. He's ready to like try to do it. He hesitates. Unfortunately, he hesitates too long, and Drusilla knocks the shit out of him with a shovel. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, and like I said, this is like the this is the most action we've really seen from Drusilla I at this point. I was thinking that during the episode, I was like, "Have we ever seen Drusilla like fight?" We saw her kill Kendra, mm-hmm. but they didn't really fight they just i think drusilla blocked a couple punches and then hypnotized her um and yeah drusilla i think we've always seen her utilize her her men um (laughs) or uh or like yeah those powers of hypnotism that she has to like um or she preys on um weaker like we, we saw her go after that kid that one time or um, or she uses lackeys to do her dirty work. I don't, we, we don't see her fight and she fucking fights. Yeah. And I, part of me wonders if maybe that's why she does such a good job against Angel is that Angel might not even be suspecting it. Like, yeah, he, he's, she had this in her the whole time. Yeah. Like, I wonder if that's a thing where he's like, he kind of considers Drusilla, um, fragile, fragile. Yeah, exactly. And then no, she comes out, she's got her shovel. She is erratic in her, how she, like, it's, um, it's a fucking great fight scene, especially once when, you get Darla yeah, when in Dar- the mix yes, too. because Darla does rise and she's very disoriented, but I love that first, like, shot where she's like standing up and picks angel up by the throat because like you know and this is in my head when i started thinking like damn i mean you wouldn't think that a vampire just risen hasn't even fed yet would be that strong but i think darla is a is like an exception to that rule and yeah this is just great and i mean it's not even Darla and Drusilla versus Angel. This is a free-for-all because <laughs> Drusilla does say grandmother before Darla hurls her through the greenhouse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this might be my favorite fight scene of the series so far. Um, Ooh, yeah. I can't say that it's my favorite. Actually, no, I will with certainty, with certainty say that it's not my favorite of the series, but it is one of the ones that's up there. Um, and I know this is... Please do not take this as I love Angel beating up two women. Take this as this just Angel like and there's so much personal sta- yeah. there's so many personal stakes in this as well. Yeah. Which we've always said those are the best fights when yeah. they're really personal and, stakes. Yeah, and just like and and also Angel does get the chance to stake Darla, but he can't. Mm-hmm. Um and it's that hesitation that once again like opens him up to a f- attack from Drusilla. And, uh, I, and I don't think I, I think it's I don't think anyone's gonna be like God. I hope Angel beats the shit out of these women. Because um, actually, they honestly, beat the shit out of him. <laughs> they, they, uh, Angel takes the most hits throughout this yeah. fight. Fight. Um, but yeah, and uh, Darla kind of like starts freaking out and jumps off the building. Yeah. Um, Drew's able to get away, and uh, yeah, and Angel's just like shit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, 
so um, we get to uh, yeah. So Angel does get back, and they're like, "Is everything okay?" And he's like, "Get no. something sharp." <laughs> yes, uh, he specifically says, "As like grab something sharp or going." And uh, and yeah, and like he he realizes he needs some help with this. Yeah. Uh, it's Angel's behavior is just so frustrating in a good way. Like I, when I say his behavior is frustrating, I it's, don't. It's, it's all part of the story. Yeah, it, narratively it all works, but it is just like he's not communicating with his team. Even when he's like telling them what's going on, he's he's not listening to what they have to say because they're right. It, it, Wesley's like, so what the fuck are we gonna do? Just drive around aimlessly in a city of ten million people and hope we come across these two jabronis? Like. No, yeah, like, Wes, Wes is the one who's, like, he's the level-headed one. I do still love that Gunn is all, like, uh, you had me, like, <laughs> suit up. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, Wes has the rationale. He's keeping the level head. And Cordelia's just constantly worried about Angel. Mm-hmm. Emotionally, psycho, psycho, like, psychologically, like... Yeah. She's. I thought you were about to say psychotically, and I was like, I don't. Well, think no, she's I was like, I, I, mean, I almost said psychically, and then I'm like, well, she does have visions. Yeah. So um, we actually get like a vision for the first time in a while it's been in this a episode. Uh, we'll get to that though. Um, but yeah, ain't, they're like, well, where are we gonna go? It's like we're going to Wolfram and Hart, and uh, they're like, uh, yeah, don't you remember vampire detectors? And it's like, I don't care. Like we we either sit here and do nothing, or we go to Wolfram and Hart and get answers. And, um, yeah, it's like, if you, if you want to, if you're like, okay with that, we're going like, my car's right out there. If not, you can stay here. Um, so while worried, they're still loyal to their, to their dude. Yeah. They're standing by their guy. Um, maybe, uh, Angel should have taken note of that before <laughs> the end of the episode. Uh, and then we get, uh, Lindsay just kind of like sitting in his office and Holland comes in. He's like. Hey, so you got a date for the wine tasting tonight? My uh, wife calling. She wants to know how many crab cakes we need to have ready. You mean uh, Holland's hot wife? Oh yeah. Um, nice. No, like he had the when he had that look of concern for her. I mean, yeah, that's genuine. Yeah. And I'm sure she's also like a lovely hostess. I kind of wonder. She probably has to know what's going on at Wolfram and Oh Howard. yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she's probably a bad lady. She probably is, but. I mean, says Lila Morgan. Lila Morgan is bad, but <laughs> she's also bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, and uh, he's like, uh, you know, Lindsay. In our jobs, we don't get a lot of time to socialize, but it is important to have some healthy attachments outside of the workplace. Lindsay's just kind of like, yeah, you're probably right. And, uh, of course, Drusilla's in the, in the room. And she's like, I can't find grandmother at all. <laughs> oh, somebody's coming. And, uh, they do get the call, like, a general alert. So, oh, there's a, there's a loose vampire coming at the, uh, coming up. And then, like, they open the door. It's not Angel. Uh, but it's Darla. Good, good, uh, sleight of hand episode. Yeah. It is Darla. And um, she's still, like, messed up in the head. Different messed up than Drusilla, but messed up nonetheless. And uh, she, like, uh, and um, she goes up to Lindsay and uh, says, like, 
Lindsay smell warm and I mean you know dude's popping one right now (laughs) I mean yes you're right but (laughs) but uh but yeah and you really think that she's about to feed on him but uh nope she grabs uh Drew and gets out of there uh after like flinging Lindsay into like (laughs) one of the walls of the of the office yeah and uh which is which is hilarious and holland's um, like healthy, healthy attachments, attachments. <laughs> was very um, funny. but uh, he all... sam anderson is very funny like i don't think he yes. acknowledged like we've seen him be we talked about how he can be really really scary but he can also do that like warm dad thing but i don't think we've talked about the dry sense of yeah, humor yes. um and this is like evil lawyer that that just is ripe for mm-hmm. the dry humor yeah um that's a lot of strange adjectives I just used all in a row there. Evil, right, dry, dry. dry. <laughs> Holland Manners is evil, that, ripe, and dry. Audience, does that uh, discomfort you? Ripe, dry, <laughs> evil. <laughs> Let's get some ASMR going on here. <laughs> uh, I think it's just specifically the word ripe. It's, uh, it's an interesting word to... There's something about ripe and dry in the same sentence. Yeah, it's like, not something that you would really, uh, yeah, really associate. But uh, ripe and dry, <laughs> just like <laughs> me. <laughs> I'm evil too. Oh, you're a different kind of evil though. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I'd say if you did try to truly become evil, I think you, I think the Holland Manor's way of being evil might be one that you're suited for. I think you, you're probably right. Yeah, because you have you 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 are you are capable of a wide range of emotions, just as Holland is. So yeah. I, I I could see you using that for evil. Yeah, I could see that. I could also see me going full Drusilla. I think that's heavily in the mix. I feel like my evil is more Benjamin Linus. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I, and it's sad that I'm aware of this, <laughs> but I feel like I'm able to. Uh, deceive and manipulate people a little better than i should um so i don't i i try not to go to that well ever <laughs> um but i feel like uh, i'm very like early early lost benjamin linus mm-hmm. i um i love benjamin linus love the um the episode where he's got john it's like season three somewhere and he's got like john in new otherton and he's like you can ask me any questions you want and John's like, how do you have all this power? And he's just like, we have a giant hamster in a wheel in a basement <laughs> runs the electricity. <laughs> I just, I just think like one of the best interactions that John had with the others is like, sounds like to me like you're going to need a new submarine. <laughs> that one's um, really good. But no, I, I feel like um, one of my favorite Ben Linus moments, the one that always sticks out to me is when he's sitting there eating cereal yes and just like oh wow henry gale yeah it's like wow it'd be pretty um it'd be pretty crazy if uh if i just happened to have done this and done this and then your friends would be in trouble or whatever like that whole scene is bone chilling Mm -hmm. um yeah Uh, so good so good um but this is not a lost (laughs) podcast though 
You know, I'm honestly kind of tempted to maybe when we're done with Booze and Buffy. I could be convinced. Liquor and loss, baby. Uh, <laughs> 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 right, rephrase. Rephrase. Let's move on. Let's talk about Angel's dry. Let's talk about Angel's driving skills. Yeah, um, dude is not driving rationally. Uh, oh, it should be noted that uh, when Drew and Darla are leaving the office, Holland does call down security and say, like, let them go. Oh, yeah. Uh, Without incident. Because so far, pretty much everything is going to their plan. They're mm-hmm. like, we're we're introducing some fucking chaos here. Yep. Um, Angel is driving um, very out of control. Uh, and uh, he's like... I don't care. We need to get to Wolfram and Hart. And um, that's when Cordelia gets a vision. And at first, I think, like, um, I think Angel's like, nah, like, nah. Don't worry about it. She should have done this before we <laughs> left the hotel. Um, but uh, yeah, and like everybody, like, even Gunn, who was very gung ho to just like go into uh, Wolfram and Hart, it's like, yeah, man. I was down for this, but I think like we need to do this. Yeah, it's because it's in the opposite direction. It's well, I mean, I one think... would say it's a turning point, <laughs> but it <laughs> a is a huge turning point. It, it absolutely <laughs> is. I mean, all of Angel's actions up to this point have been erratic and but, selfish, and selfish, but straight up rejecting a vision. Which has been his entire mission. Yeah, is in fact really like, shocking. Yeah, in fact, um, West does bring up the powers that be, and that's kind of the first time that we really talked about them in a while. Yeah, because, and I mean, you can obviously see this was Wolfram and Hart's plan all along. Yeah, they He's are walking right into it. Yes, yes, they have. Um, and you know, in the end, they had to make a few <laughs> sacrifices, but uh, yeah, like. They have successfully deterred Angel from his mission of basically having to go up against them as the champion. Yeah. And, yeah, it's it's crazy how subtle it was. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was very well paced. This arc in season two, I feel like I can finally say this now that we're in it, is a very interesting mirror of Angel's season two of Buffy arc. Um... At this point, Angel has kind of become the villain of the season, but he hasn't lost his soul. Yeah. But he is seeming to lose his humanity. I mean, it's a very different kind of darkness. Um, And it's interesting that they kind of... um, Darla kind of plays the Angel Angelus role um, of, you know, starting the season with her soul... And then losing it and that becoming the major turning point of the season. Um, and I think it's this really is interesting. Yeah, and I think this is um, very much a, uh, in a. This is a prime example of stories that I think you can only tell on Angel. Yeah. Um, I love Buffy. Um, they're they tell great epis- They tell great stories on Buffy, but I almost feel like they can't tell this kind of personal, um, psychological stories over a long period of time um i feel like they might have tried with adam but obviously it wasn't successful yeah 
Um, I also think that this this type of story doesn't make sense for it the characters on Buffy. Yeah. And it's not that the, Buffy can't go to dark places and won't go to dark places, but... Angel's whole thing is he has to fight his way out of dark places. Yes. And um, it, there is no situation, no matter how bad things get for her, where I see Buffy ever doing what Angel does at the end of this episode. Yeah. Now... She kind of did to that one kid who wanted to become a vampire back in season two of uh, Buffy when she locked him in a room with Spike and Drusilla. But that was a different circumstance. Mm -hmm. And, like, it wasn't a... It wasn't a premeditated, like, sort of situation. Also, you do have to keep in mind that uh, that was a younger Buffy... Um, yeah, uh, the Buffy that we are currently seeing in season five would never do that. Yeah, absolutely would never do that. Um, but I totally buy mm-hmm. that Angel would. But yeah. So uh, yeah, and it looks like it looks like Angel's just gonna keep going, but then Cordelia pulls out a stake. Yeah. And she's ready to stake Angel. Like we have to save this person. Yeah. And so so when you hang a Yui, and uh, so. I'm, once we finish recording, I'm going to actually go pull it back up to sh- so you can spot okay. it. But when they pull the Yui, it is... I, can't, I couldn't tell if David Boreanaz, J. August Richards, and Alexis Denisoff were still in the car or if it was stunt doubles. But Charisma Carpenter is decidedly not in the car <laughs> because it is very much a doll wearing her costume and a wig. Um... The other three were still very clearly people, and I am going to assume stunt doubles because mm-hmm. this is the sort of thing you would yeah. have a stunt double do. But I, I, I don't know if the Cordy stunt double was busy that day. The Cordy stunt double was probably being Drusilla's stunt double that day, <laughs> so maybe she was busy. But um, it was <laughs> really funny, and I'll yeah but jason didn't catch it when we were watching it. i didn't want to i didn't want to rewind because so, the momentum was so yeah good. um but i mean i didn't catch it and i'm pretty sure like maybe viewers who are just watching it for the first time or oh, first time absolutely in a while probably didn't not. so i mean yeah this is fun you gotta do what you gotta do <laughs> and this is not me criticizing the show by it's, any means it's, it's not just fun. it's not fake baby in american sniper bad <laughs> oh god um Whew. oh gosh i can't remember what i was watching the other day but there was oh i was watching um nightmare on elm street 3 um and the dream warriors dream warriors uh-huh and there's a scene in the opening where Kristen, uh the main character of dream warriors is carrying what's supposed to be a little girl and like running through the Elm Street house. It's just very clearly a like a doll. That's <laughs> um, funny. Uh, but yeah, so let's go back to our girls in the street. Um, yeah, they're not chummy at the moment. Uh, Drusilla's trying to be, but uh, Darla is like still tossing her around and she's like, why? Why did you do that? And um Drusilla's like, of course, I wanted to save you. Aww. You want, you want whole, you want you. And, uh, and yeah, so there is like a kind of a tender moment here. It's an mm-hmm. evil tender moment. Yeah. Um, and they're doing this like they've, this is after, uh, Darla has flung Drusilla out in front of a moving car, <laughs> which stops and starts holding up traffic. And that's important because 
while they're trying to have their like moment where they're like okay i'm here with you i'm ready to like be with you there's this asshole like honking his horn and then he gets out like hey ladies you mind one of this love fest out of the street uh we all got lives here and Darla's like not all of you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's yeah. how Darla got her groove back. That is how Darla got her groove back. So it is so funny. I, I said this off mic when we were recording our episode of the, on the trial where I was like, the end of this episode, Darla being turned back into a vampire. It's so tragic. It is so devastating. It is so awful and gut-wrenching. But you love her when she's back. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, but... <laughs> but yeah, um... <laughs> This is so much fun. <laughs> uh, can I throw out a gay agenda for this week? Okay. Just Darla and Drusilla. Yeah. Yeah, that is that has to be the gay agenda. So this gay. Week. So I mean, I'm a straight person, and I can tell that's the gay agenda. They they, they are they are gals on the town. They're going shopping. You know, they're trying on each other's outfits. They're giggling in the dressing room. I would never presume to throw out the gay agenda unless it's right in my face so um that's it like that's this week's gay agenda they're sharing little blood snacks out of people (laughs) yeah but yeah they um they're about to go shopping so uh we see this um guy listening to heavy metal music Um, um it wasn't something that i recognized right away it is shock by fear factory I feel like I've only just heard of Fear Factory, but yeah, very, uh, very like typical, like, oh, this is the music that I'm, this is what, this is what, uh, this is what older people think that, uh, teenagers (laughs) play to summon the devil. I am grateful that this scene is brief. Like, if this was our focus of the episode, I'd be like, oh, this very annoying, like, stereotypical. Yeah, this... And I think and I think the writers realized they were able to get away with this yeah. because this basically serves just as a function for the story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, they walk in and everybody else is like, and this guy is like about to uh, shoot himself uh, so that he can uh, be a sacrifice to Morgog. So everybody's like, all right, we need to be really careful with this. Angel just like. Angel grabs his boombox, throws it against the wall, and then grabs the guy's gun and tosses it into a thing of oil. It's a um, it's a car garage. Yeah. Um, and he's like, just so you know, Morgog isn't gonna appreciate this. That's funny. But also he's like, and come on, and like everyone's like, what the hell are you doing? He's like, it's like, and I mean, you got. And he looks around at everything, just like so much to live for. Um, <laughs> And uh, they're like, what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. Wesley, I think it's Wesley, might be Gunn. Someone makes a comment that like, hey, do you think that maybe the powers that be this sent Wesley's vision yeah. specifically to keep you from doing what you're trying to do? And what do you think, Jason? Do you, do you, I think personally that Wesley's right. I think it's not a coincidence that Angel got a vision when he did that sent him clear across town. Yeah, no, I am... Um... I'm tempted to agree, but also it, I guess what it feels like to me is that it seems that the powers that be are trying to fight what is happening, and the impression that I've got from the powers that be in these first, in this first season and a half is that 
they know what's going to happen. Um, so it's more like this is how it happens. So mm. it, it, it seems like a little too assertive for the powers that yeah. be. Um, all that being said, I mean, you might be able to look back. Then again, like they didn't realize that they, they also didn't know that Angel was going to be turned human. Yeah. And I will remember you. Uh, but they and they also didn't know that he would end up sacrificing his humanity to continue the fight. So I don't know. Like I think there is some validity to what uh, mm-hmm. Wesley says, and um, I'm just probably thinking too much. No, no, I hear what you're saying. I think yeah, I think there's probably they're definitely not om- omniscient, but they probably definitely have a better perception of like how things can play. Yeah, out. It, it's it seems like they're more agents of fate. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're like, this is how things are going to yeah. go. Um, yeah, think and, about that. And like setting people on their paths, yeah. much like Lauren does. Yes. Uh, oh no, you lost the game. He's oh! not. He's not even in this episode. <laughs> oh! All right, ladies and gentlemen, our game is complete. Oh. Oh wow, man. <laughs> I like. I said it. And I was like. I saw a look on your face. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the uh, host's name that we have been pretty good about so far. I, I had a little slip up in the last Angel episode, but yes, his name is Lorne. Uh, and you know, if, if he were in the episode, I wouldn't have made that mistake because I would have been Yeah, like, yeah, you would have been on... Yeah. I would have been on high alert not to say it, but damn, um, all right. Uh, yeah, but... So I uh, lost both games. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, now we're not going to go into why... That's funny because they do talk about why that name's so funny when they do eventually find out his name. We'll just say it does happen sometime this season, as we've said before. Um, damn. damn. <laughs> you deserve that sip of wine. Yeah, damn. Um, but hey, hey, it was uh, 10 episodes. Yeah. Um, it's a uh, good effort. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I guess now we can like just say his name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I need to recover from that because I was not expecting that this episode. <laughs> Thank gosh. Uh, <laughs> and I wonder how many of our like first time listeners, when I said that, go, "Who the fuck is Lord?" <laughs> That's why I threw in that the host Who name the is good Lord. Goddamn. Um, All right. But yeah, uh, we then. Um, yeah, but Angel doesn't really care, and he just decides to just leave them at the garage. Um, red flags, red flags, red flags. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Holland is uh, calling Drusilla uh, because uh, Drusilla and um, Darla are uh, wearing some swanky new clothes, yeah. and uh, and Drusilla starts ringing. She's like, I'm ringing, and starts bopping around, and Darla does exactly what Darla would have done in the whirlwind. She's like, um, yeah, that's the phone. (laughs) Um, And Drusilla's like, Darla does answer, and they say like, oh, you know, we've just been having a little fun. You got a problem with that? He's like, actually, um, you guys are going on a spree. How about going on a massacre? And they're like, okay. (laughs) But they need new shoes. They do. Well, Darla needs shoes. Period. <laughs> she doesn't even have shoes on. Um, that being said, I don't want Drusilla to get new shoes because, like you said, I I really enjoy those boots. The bo- boots are awesome. 
But yeah, I love the way Darla's like, excuse me, to this like terrified like saleswoman who's like crawling on the floor. Mm -hmm. She's like, customer looking for assistance. (laughs) Uh, She just totally Karens it up. (laughs) And then she kills her. She just looks at Drew and she's like, service in this place is really unacceptable. And I think this is all so fun. Like, they're just having such a good time. Like, that gauge into a straw. Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, this is this is clearly like just stepmom, but with vampires. <laughs> oh my god, it really is kind of stepmom with vampires. Oh my um, But yeah, and uh, so while that's happening, um, yeah, Lindsay and Holland are back in the office, and Holland's like, "Yep, we don't have to worry about Angel anymore." And <laughs> right when he says that, Angel smashes through the window. From where? <laughs> From there. I like to think that he did, he Batmaned it up and like rappelled down like from the <laughs> Dick Angel was like on the roof like okay I know that Lindsay's office is on this floor maybe he also had to be like and Holland's office is on this floor and Lila's office is here what and if like he tried the other offices and, yeah and like and he has to do the math of like this is how far I need to jump you know in like in like Spider Man Homecoming when he has to bust the um. Like the window out on the Washington Monument, and oh, that like AI uh, has to do that, the... that's uh, far from home. No, it's homecoming because that's when they're in in New York. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. far from home is when they went to Washington. Far from home is when they went to Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My bad. But uh, his, this AI in his suit's like doing the calculations of like how he like has to do it. That's what I'm imagining angels like doing. <laughs> it's and, yeah. a little pad and paper. Yeah, like pen and paper. <laughs> they bust into Lila's office, and she's like, "The fuck?" He's like, "Where's Lindsay?" Rappel back up. <laughs> Bust into Holland's office. No one's there. Fuck. Rappel back up. Only one other. And, uh, anyway. and uh, he's... Uh, and Holland does bring this up. This is the first time that he and Angel have actually met face to face. Yeah, I didn't realize that until he said that. It, it feels so strange because Holland's been such a, um, a presence this whole season. And um, he says that he's the head of special projects. And Angel's like, oh, projects like Darla's like, Darla's just a tool. Um, you're the project. And uh, and Angel's like, and he's trying to like get information from Darla and Drusilla. But uh, he's like, oh, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, we're not going to help you, obviously. <laughs> uh, and um, Angel's like, oh, a lot of innocent lives could be lost. And... Uh, but he doesn't count theirs among them. Uh, that's kind of important. Uh, and, um, but yeah, and Holland says, like, oh, I mean, yeah, innocent lives may be lost, but you know, I just can't seem to care. Uh, Ooh, so dry, ripe, and evil. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Dry, ripe, and evil. Um, so uh, they uh, end up arresting him. Uh, because they don't want him dead yet. Um, and, uh, and Lindsay is just being such an asshole because he's like, oh, you're in handcuffs now and you got all these people with stakes around you. So I'm like, I can totally say whatever shit I want to. (laughs) And like, you know, you little fucking twerp. (laughs) And, uh, then we get, uh. And so then they put Angel into the police car. Oh, yeah, and Lindsay does say, like, oh, by the way, that window will be billed, the repair bill will be billed to you. Yeah. Um, um, 
Uh, Holland does mention that he's late for the wine tasting at his house. Mm-hmm. So Which he, Angel is specifically not invited not to. Um, can I describe, before you describe what happens in the next scene, can I describe what happened in the real world uh, as we were watching it? And how you reacted when you saw Miss Kate Lockley. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so Angel's put in the cop car and Kate's there. And just like a scene or two before, Jason was commenting. He was like, this might be a five-star episode. I think this is a five-star episode. And then he sees, Kate's and he go, he, he sees Kate and he goes, ugh, this five-star is in danger. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, 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 yeah. um... Yes, Angel actually, like, just, oh my god, not you. Um, he's like, how do you want to do this? Do I break free now, or um, or do I wait until we get to the station? And that's when Kate says, just got a report from a uh, department store. Two women are dead, and uh, people describe the people fleeing the scene. One of them is your girl, Darla. And... Um, and uh, so she starts, like, uncuffing him. He's like, why are you doing this? He's like, because I don't think I can take them on my own. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can take one of them on no, your own. absolutely <laughs> not. I do think this, I think this, um, as much as we were down on the episode itself, I do think um, this turn from her came out of the Shroud, the Shroud of Ramon. Um, I would have felt like this came out of nowhere were it not for the offense of that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so have we turned a corner on Kate? Cannot say yet, but I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think she's finally realizing that like, oh, I am out of my element. <laughs> You're out of your element, Donnie! <laughs> I am the walrus. Um, so... Holland's hot wife, Catherine, uh, lets Lindsay in. Lindsay's nice enough to have brought, like, a really nice bouquet of flowers. Yeah. Um, so, he may be a twerp, but, I mean, he knows who he to... He knows how to schmooze the boss. Yeah, he knows how, he knows who to schmooze. Yeah. Um, and he goes down there and, like, I have to say, I think, was Lila the only woman in that room? No, I think there were, uh, there were some other women, okay. I'm pretty sure. But um, I do, I think it was mostly men. Yeah. But um, I think but there yeah. were some other women. Uh, good job, Lila, on making your way into a man's world. Yeah. Um, but yes, and uh, of course, Holland thinks like, oh, we're celebrating because everything that we've worked so hard, uh, that we've worked so hard to accomplish is coming true. He raises a glass to Lila and Lindsay. <laughs> Not Lee. <laughs> <laughs> nope. R.I.P. Um... But, uh, but yeah, and he, um, but his, uh, his speech is interrupted by our girls, Darla and Drusilla, and mm-hmm. Darla noticeably has, like, a little more blown-out hair, mm-hmm. um, which at first I didn't like. Uh, it reminds me a little too much of, um, Helen Hunt's character in Almost Famous, or Bonnie Hunt, or... Am I getting this wrong? I'm getting this. Kate Hudson? Kate Hudson. Oh my god. I was like, oh. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) That is like, that is is surprisingly a trio of of white blonde women that sound the same that I always get confused. I I was like, oh see, for me it's Bonnie Hunt, 
uh, Holly Hunter and um, I can't remember. But I was like, I don't remember them in that movie. And I was like, I was certain. I was like, no, I knew it was. I knew both were wrong when I said uh, it. I was like, um, uh, my my favorite is um, of your white women you can't tell apart is uh, 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 Naomi Watts and Nicole Kidman. I actually have gotten extremely better at that though. I'm glad, glad although, to hear um, it. although. Here's the funny story, though. I was terrible at that. Like, I would always get Naomi Watts and Nicole Kidman mixed up. And a lot of people were like, it's just so funny because at first we thought it was a joke, but you really <laughs> you really have a hard time telling them apart. And uh, in all fairness, they're both Australian. They're both blonde. Um, yes. Although I think, uh, I think Nicole's a natural redhead. Okay. Um, but yeah, and so basically what I would do... Um, to make sure that I would get them right in my head was I'd be like, okay, Nicole Kidman was in Moulin Rouge uh-huh. with Ewan McGregor. So I just have to remember she's the one who was in a movie with Ewan McGregor, which oh, worked out for me baby. until Harrison was like, hey, let's watch The Impossible. And I was like, Naomi Watson, Ewan McGregor. God damn it, Harrison. <laughs> did we watch that together? We did. Oh, I don't remember um, that. I'm pretty sure we did. And, uh, oh, also, that is, I think, the earliest movie I've seen Tom Holland in. Oh, yeah, he's a baby in that mm-hmm. movie. He's very I mean, He's good a in baby that. in every movie That's that he's in. He's still a baby. <laughs> he's, that movie's so good. That movie is distressing. There's... Yeah, I, I feel like um, I'm not the biggest fan of disaster movies, mm-hmm. but obviously... Um, was this based on a true story? It is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I prefer disaster movies when they are very... Focus, mm-hmm. and this movie is focused on one family. That being said, I, I unapologetically love the movie Armageddon. You cannot like. I know there are gonna be so many people that point out like, oh, there's all these inaccuracies, and I'm like, fuck off! It's a fucking like movie about an asteroid hitting Earth. Get, get over it. Fuck you. Um, I think that that cast is absolutely phenomenal. I think that it is enjoyable pretty much from beginning to end and i think and i think that people who are just like oh it's a michael bay movie michael bay sucks um or any i have not found a single good criticism and like if you're talking about like if you're throwing out the whole like oh it'd be easier for a team of astronauts to learn how to drill um than it is for a team of like oil drillers to learn how to be astronauts fuck off again (laughs) suspend your disbelief it's a fun movie is it a dumb movie yeah but it's fun i'm sorry like i i actually really do love the movie armageddon and is unironic it is an unironic love i love it and have you seen armageddon i've not i actually was gonna watch it recently until i like pulled it up and saw that it was like very very long and i realized i didn't have time to watch it can i suggest a double feature for us okay memento okay which is a, it's a, I don't think it's a long movie, um, but it is very like, um, it like gets right. your brain working as most Nolan movies do, um, and especially that one. And then we take a nice little break, and then we watch Armageddon, which is a movie that you can like, you can turn your brain off for if you want to, but your heart will always stay on. Okay. Is Carrie Ann Moss in Memento? Yes. Okay. Yes. Thought so. And it's actually kind of funny because... Um, is she the dead wife? 
No, she's oh, but... uh, no, she's um, she's a different character. That makes me happy because I was like, I hope Carrie Ann Moss isn't stuck playing the dead wife. No, um, funny thing though is every time before I actually saw the movie, I always thought that um, because like I felt like this came out around the same time as Fight Club, and it really looked like oh, it's Brad Pitt from the posters. <laughs> From the posters, it looks like uh, it's Brad Pitt, mm -hmm. it's but Pierce, it's not. Right? Yeah, it is Guy Pierce looking as Brad Pitt as he possibly can, <laughs> um, and apparently Brad Pitt was the original choice for the lead oh. in this. Um, so I'm like, okay, <laughs> I, I can somehow tell Brad Pitt and Guy Pierce apart, though. Proud of you. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that was um, that was a long road to. Uh, from almost famous to memento, <laughs> almost as long as memento. Yeah. Um, yeah, but um, so here's what's awesome about this sequence in the wine cellar. Even before Angel shows up, mm -hmm. um, the uh, um, Darla and Drusilla are there, and like, oh, you know, we're just kind of doing what she said about a massacre, and then they vamp out and. What makes this scene so effective is that they keep the vamp faces mm -hmm. for the entirety of this scene, which I mean, that can be rough because those prosthetics are no joke, um, but it just makes it so malicious. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, and Darla's like kind of commenting on how everybody just kind of reeks of fear, except Lindsay. Mm -hmm. um, Lindsay. It's like, uh, she goes up to Lindsay and says, like, you know, you could die tonight. I was like, yeah, I know. I just don't care. So, yeah, like yeah. I said, it's it, how do you want to talk about this arc for Lindsay? I, well, first I want to comment on your, your comments about the, the vampire prosthetics. Just briefly, I just want to say I love Darla's in particular. I think I've mentioned before it's very cat-like. Oh, yes. Oh, I remember the reason that I brought up Almost Famous anyway. Oh, it was um, the hair. Yeah, it was the hair. I wasn't a huge fan of the hair at first, but then you pointed out that it looks better when the vamp face is on because this does have more of her forehead revealed, mm -hmm. and that does give like a better picture of those yeah. vampire faces. Yeah, we usually see Darla with bangs. Mm -hmm. I think this is the first time we've ever seen her without bangs. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the Lindsay comment, I... I guess my read of this is that I guess it could go one of two ways. Either obviously he's still super into Darla um, and he either still thinks that that's a possibility and that she'll turn him into a vampire and they'll be like together or he's just at a place where he's like well if I can't be with her then I don't care if I die. Yeah, because it is brought up by Holland that he needs to have, like, the, um, the, he does have to, like, start getting those healthy connections, mm -hmm. uh, healthy relationships, and, you know, I mean, he does get, he, he does kind of think, like, um, I'll die, uh, if I die, it'll be with Darla. Yeah. In whatever way possible. Stark. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, meanwhile, uh. Drusilla's thinking Lila for moisturizing. <laughs> was very thoughtful. And I do love that Lila's just like... I mean, she's... She's calm under pressure, but she's very... Unlike Lindsay, she's very much like, I don't want to fucking die in here. No, yeah, like, um... 
everybody is horrified yeah. except Lindsay. Yeah. I think that's a huge difference that we've seen between Dar- or Lila and Lindsay is like Lindsay often seems very resigned to whatever fate he's going to mm-hmm. get and Lila is like I will scratch and claw my way Oh yeah, out Lila of Lila is opportunistic AF. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you kind of have to be when you're right. a woman in any law firm, much less a demonic law firm. Yeah. And isn't that interesting, though, that, like, Lindsay is betrayed Wolfram in heart so often. He's often very complacent this way. Um, and Lila, while she's had her screw-ups, has never betrayed Wolfram in heart, has, you know, been ruthless, and that yet they're at the same position. Mm-hmm. It's pretty damning if you ask me yeah it's a uh, sexist work environment and that's the worst thing wolfram and art has ever but, done but i think the um i think obviously the big the big like take from these facial reactions is holland who's been as he mentioned earlier in the episode he pulls some of the strings mm-hmm. uh not all of them uh but he um he's been pretty much in control this whole arc that we've seen him and now he he's not like yeah. you see the tear on his face they talk the reason that darla and Drizil were able to even get in the first place is they were able to like force holland's hot wife to invite them in and uh, Do you think they were like invite us in and we'll all kiss <laughs> i i think it's more along the lines of, like they probably knocked on the door and then just grabbed her pulled her out well they and, wouldn't be able to because of like the four, unless she like partially came out. That's what I would think. Yeah. Um, which may not be a good idea for Catherine because like you know all the shit that they do at Wolfram and Hart. Right. Um, but yeah, and uh, she tasted like clover. Yeah. <laughs> I love that that little bit of blood mm-hmm. on Drusilla's. Uh, <laughs> got a little arts on you. <laughs> got, a little, got a little Catherine on you. But uh, but no, like, and I, Holland is very distressed when he hears that. Yeah. So I mean. At least the dude cares for his wife. Yeah. Um, maybe he's not such a bad guy. <laughs> um, Cersei loves her kids, right? She's, <laughs> she's, she's not all bad. I'm all out of kids. <laughs> um, so uh, Angel does go to the um, does go to the department store, and uh, a cool shot. Um, I think that can kind of get lost in just how crazy this episode is getting. Is um, there is a detective who's in front of like those like kind of three mirrors mm-hmm. uh, that you typically see if you're trying on close. You can see it from every angle, and um, he notices something. He hears something, looks up, but doesn't see anything in the mirror. So he goes back to his work. He doesn't see anything in the mirror because it's Angel. Yeah, and uh, dude doesn't have a reflection for now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> or am I? Uh, but uh, he eventually like uh, goes into one of the changing rooms and sees that there is a uh, girl there who um, apparently was on her way to... Uh... Was she on her way to the Wolfram, to the Wolfram and Hart party? No, no she, was she was just on, on her way, way to different party. party. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and the reason that she was in the changing rooms because like she couldn't decide on this dress that was much more expensive than the other one that she was thinking of but she did hear them talking about going to a party a mm-hmm. tasting if you will and yeah. holland had brought up oh a wine tasting in my house yeah. so angel knows where to go yeah. i want to shout out this this actress um see if i can pull up can find her easily it's a very small part but she's just very uh karen tucker is her name um 
she's very good. She um she plays the the terror really well, and then she's um. And she's Angel also kind of like speaking hysterically too. Yeah. Um. um and for the first time in this episode, Angel is like compassionate to her. She's blonde. I mean, it is it is like a forced compassion because he knows that like if he tries to push her, he won't get yeah. anything. But um, it is like it is a nice refresher to like see the angel that we're more mm-hmm. used to. And then she has this line where she's leaving, where she just kind of looks at the dress and says, "It was just too much." I just thought that was really that is really good. It was really good, and I thought she did a good job. Um, so shout out to this tiny role of female shopper. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, good job. Angel does get to Holland's house, and um, Catherine is dying but not dead, and she uh, she invites Angel inside. So Angel gets to the um, Angel gets to the wine cellar, which um, uh, Darla had originally been saying like, "Oh, Drew, our next place should have a people cellar." A people cellar. Uh, they also bring up how um, you know sirens are going off because Drusilla picked up on the fact that like it used to be a bomb shelter um but now it's uh now it's like oh these people are still cowering in fear i really do love this moment because one it's just cool seeing drusilla like using her her gifts um and but also the way holland like when she says that it's like this um the play he does here, it doesn't help, but it's very good where he's like, yes, Drusilla, like, how clever of you, you know, trying to play, yeah. like, into, like, her, I don't want to say her compassion, but, like, get Maybe into her, her ego. Her, her ego, yeah, and he's like, it used to be a bomb shelter, and she's like, yeah, and she's like, people cowering in fear, and he's like, yes, I imagine that's what it's like, and then Charlotte's just like, nope, now. She means now, buddy. Yeah. and he's like, and it's, it's cool because it is that, like, glimmer of hope on Holland's face of, like, we oh yeah, might dude is in here. full desperation. We moment. might get out of here alive. And then when Darla says she means now, he's just like, I think that's the moment Holland knows mm-hmm. they're fucking done for. They're not getting out of here. But um, Angel does show up, and uh, and uh, remember how I said um, last episode, last Angel episode, that uh, Drusilla or Darla stopped calling him Angelus or my boy and started calling him Angel. She sees him and says, Angelus. Um, I also love that um, Drusilla's like, it's never Angel. It's like, it's never Daddy. It's the Angel Beast. Yeah. She, um, and and we saw, like, we saw Darla, um, we saw Darla's reaction when she finds out that he's been sold and sees him as, like, just a piece of garbage. Mm -hmm. Um, Like a hideous beast. Uh, And um, so... Drusilla's obviously the same, <laughs> cut from the same cloth, if you will. Um, but yeah, and Angel's just standing there, and uh, Holland says, "Like, please help us. Like, people are going, like, we're going to die." And Angel looks at him and says, "Sorry, I just can't find a way to care." And then closes the doors and locks them as Drew and Darla go on a feeding frenzy starting with holland Mm -hmm. and we just angel leaves and we just hear screams and you really do think that that could be the end of the episode but it's not and i'm glad that it's not because we've had this stuff built we've had what happens next building up over these last couple episodes uh, over pretty much like Mm -hmm. most of this season and uh angel has basically told them what 
he's told Wes Gunn and Cordy what he did, and they're like, how could you have done this? This goes beyond anything. Like, yeah, they were Wolfram and Hart, but even they didn't deserve that. And, um, yeah, and Cordelia's, like, seriously worried. Like, um, have you, like, completely forgotten, like, about the powers that be and everything? And, uh, and, uh, Gunn's like, yeah, man, like, I, I can't follow where you're going. And, and Wes says, like, the three of us are the only people who are standing between you and real darkness. Angel looks at them and he's like, you're right. You're all fired. End episode. Do you remember how you felt the very first time you ever watched this episode? Because this is one of those, it's one of those episodes. Yeah, no, like I, I, God, I, yeah, those, these last few minutes, like Angel closing the doors and then firing all three of them, these people who have stuck with him since he came to LA. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously they all came in at different points, but um, yeah, like it's, it's such, it's not the story you would expect of Angel. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, this just really isn't a story you see happen too often. Like, you're, I mean, he's your protagonist. He's supposed to be the guy who does the right things. Yeah. And it's not that he's doing the wrong things by accident. He's choosing to do the mm-hmm. wrong things. And this isn't, especially for this time period you know we are well before dexter before breaking bad before you've you've got the sopranos i would say the sopranos is really i think the only thing and and even then like sopranos started in what 97 uh sure i'll check and we might have had the wire at this time i think the wire had started well Um, i so i don't really count the wire in this regard because we're talking about anti-heroes I think that um, that cast is so spread out that there really is no main character. That's fair. Um, but obviously the main character of The Sopranos is Tony Soprano. Um, Spoilers, Jesus. <laughs> oh no, 1999. So Sopranos okay. has only been around for a year. So the yeah. idea, like everybody says that um, Tony Soprano is kind of the uh, beginning of the anti-hero. Yeah. And, um, and I think people are very mistaken in not including Angel mm-hmm. on this list. And, um, gosh, man, he, he goes to some dark places that could rival both Tony and, uh, Walter White. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I, you know, we talked about uh, earlier in the season, um, during Are You Now or or Have You Ever Been, I made a comment that that episode's really important. Um, and, you know, at the time I was mostly talking about the Hyperion, but also, you know, this moment of him leaving the Wolfram and Hart employees to be killed um, is really foreshadowed in that episode where he leaves the hotel uh, yeah. to be... Um, um, so that's just, in general, a really good episode, but also mm-hmm. really important to inform us. And you, and you can see that, like, um, he... The reason that he didn't tell Wes and Cordy about this is because he was ashamed of it, what mm-hmm. happened at the Hyperion Hotel. But he's not ashamed of this. No. He's owning up to it. Yeah. And... Yeah, and he, I mean, hell, he's like, he'd probably do it again. Yeah, I was, when I first watched this episode, I remember being like, holy shit, that's fucked up and crazy. But there was like a part of me, I think it was the 18-year-old in me, who was just like, yeah, but it's, I mean, it's okay, though. Because like, 
But then when he fired the game, I was like, whoa, 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 buddy, now that's going too far. <laughs> yeah, you can slaughter, you can allow, you can allow lawyers to be slaughtered. But firing your guys? But I think that's partially, I mean, partially that's just where the story is right now. And it's obviously going to be a major part of the plot moving forward. But I do think that is there deliberately to just rub salt in the wound. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's bad enough that Angel did this thing. But I think you can do some leaps to justify it. Yeah. Because they are bad people. And Wesley even says they did sort of bring it on themselves. There's a good chance they all would have died even if Angel hadn't done that. And I will say, presumably died. Because um, we don't know. We if, don't know who survives that massacre, who, if anybody. You know, yeah, it's, you know, um, the the, tr- the tagline for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Who survives and what will be left of them? Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know at this point. Um, but I, I think you could work yourself into being like... Yeah, it's fucked up. It's dark. He probably shouldn't have done it, but maybe at the end of the day, it is for the greater good. Um, you know, how many lives are going to be saved because these people are not in the world anymore? Um, but then when he goes and fires his team, it's like, okay, well, he did, he. that's when it's, that's the moment where he's clearly like, fuck the mission. Yeah. Um, which is really sad to see since we started the season with him, you know, like we're all about the yeah mission. like we're we're gonna we're gonna be able to do it like i might be able to become human if um we stick to the mission yeah and despite it going poorly for them wolfram and art's plan has worked yes they they have deterred angel from from a mission and there you go um <sighs> but yeah uh harrison already like uh, alluded to it uh and what i said during the episode but yeah this is Five out of five. Yeah, me too. Five, five uh, dresses that are just too expensive out of five. Yeah, five combat boots out of five. This is um, this is the type of storytelling I love in Angel. This episode is like damn near flawless. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Kate scene, it's unnecessary. Like it doesn't, it didn't have to be Kate. But it also doesn't take anything away from the no. episode. It just, I mean, and maybe maybe there's more to it in our next Kate appearance. I honestly can't remember. Um, yeah, I can't remember either. I do think it for I think it does help just for ease of storytelling. They don't yeah. have to contrive. They don't have to do a big action sequence of him escaping the police or escaping Wolfram and Hart. They can because that's not important. He needs to get to the next thing. Um, and so having Kate just let be the one to arrest him and just let him go and give him the information about the department store helps move the storyline, the story of this episode along in a relatively seamless way. Mm-hmm. Even though we do have to see Kate and go, uh Remember when Kate first appeared and we really liked her? Yeah. Uh. Uh, how things change. Yeah. Remember when Riley first appeared and we really liked him? No. Because we didn't like him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this episode's phenomenal. Um, you said five out of five as well. I said five out of five. Yeah. Um, this is... And you know what? As good as this episode is, all I can say is, you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah. Because you just ain't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've got some crazy shit about to happen. 
on top of this crazy shit that just happened. Yeah. And I'm so... Gosh, I forgot how much Angel Season 2 just turned it up to 11. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's, um... I mean, this, this is part of the reason why, um... It's my favorite Angel season. And as we've been watching, I've been, like, clocking a lot of the similarities that this season has to Season 5. Mm-hmm. Which is your favorite season. Yeah. Um, so, um... It's, it's actually... Let's just I, say that Angel is a series about compromising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Anything else? No, man. I think think you, you need to take us out before I just gush about this episode more. <laughs> or <right>. Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We will be back next week with Buffy Season 5, Episode 11, Triangle. Ooh. And we hopefully, um, assuming there are no scheduling problems, will have... Uh, a guest or two. Yeah. Um, yeah. We uh, haven't had a, we haven't had some guests in a while, not since uh, Restless, I not believe. Since Restless. Hashtag not since Restless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll trend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yummyj357 and on the Twitter at just plain old yummyj. You can find me at Harrison. On Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C O F F M A N. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. That is, the and is spelled out in all of those instances. That is, and A as in, all right, there's Robert Loja. N as in, Never try to take from Robert Loja. And D is in, dear God, it's Robert Loja jokes. <laughs> and don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts uh, or wherever you get your podcasts. And each week, we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week, we're highlighting the Rainforest Foundation Incorporated. Rainforest Foundation helps protect the incredibly rich biological diversity of the rainforest and the cultural integrity of the peoples whose lives and livelihoods are inextricably linked to those forests. By working with indigenous communities to gain control of their ancestral lands, they have helped protect 28 million acres of rainforest. Good job, y'all. Thanks. They provide project-related grants and technical support to indigenous groups to secure rights to their lands influence laws and policies to protect their resources and livelihoods, and build strong and sustainable community leadership. Visit www.rainforestfoundation.org for more information. And as always, go slay. And be gay, especially in Florida. Mm-hmm.